Coming up on tonight's episode, it's the first of our Halloween watch-alongs. It's the Vitch. Get it? Because they spell it with two Vs. I thought that was funny. Anyway, here's the show. This is Up for Debate, episode number 190, recorded October 22nd, 2020. Streaming while quarantining Halloweening, colon, The Witch. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't, uh, of, I was going to say Don't Panic, for Up for Debate, the debate show where the two of us agree on everything. Don't panic, because, you know, when, when you have a witch behind you, you don't want to panic or the witch will smite you. Not even close. Or do whatever uh, I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by the man who put his name in the in the uh, the the book of the damned. It is Matt Mariamani. Hello, Matt. Did you talk? Did you talk to the the Billy Goat? Um, you mean Black Philip? Black Philip, yes. <laughs> um, what I yeah, I, I think I did. We we chilled. We hung out. We had a a, a couple of uh, a he powwow. Was whispered session. in your ear. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. Great guy. <laughs> cool dude. Just uh, a guy you can just hang out with, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. He, he just wants you to live deliciously. I don't see what's so wrong God, with what that. What a great... That should have been the tagline for the movie. The, <laughs> the witch. Live deliciously. I, I think they could have done a whole ad campaign around that. Li- like, Bud, Bud Light. Live deliciously. Well, yeah. It, it, sounds like, it sounds like a really expensive chocolate. Like, Ghirardelli. Live deliciously. <laughs> live yes. deliciously. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely missed opportunities with the, uh, the the ad campaigns they could have done uh, right around 2015, 2016. I've, I've heard conflicting dates. When did this movie come uh, out? It, it premiered at Sundance in 2015, was widely released in 2016. Uh, so one of those that sort of hung out for a while. In case people didn't figure it out, it's the first of our Halloween movie watches. It's The Witch or The Witch, colon, The New England Folktale, or as I like to say, The Vitch, because they spell it with the two Vs instead of the W, which apparently is an old-timey way of spelling it. Um, yeah, it's our first scary movie, Matt. You picked this one. Yes, this movie ca- kind of came and went on my radar back in um, in 20, 2016, I guess, when it came out. Um, and I... Um, I wanted to see it in theaters. Yeah, it's just one of those things that that I never got around to. And then from that point on, I saved it to to watch on Netflix. And then it left Netflix. And then I think it went over to Amazon, which is where I found it now. But um, I had it just sitting in my queue for just a long, a very long time, a couple of years. Um, and it's it was for the dumbest reason. It was I don't know if anybody out there uh, does this. I know that you you probably don't, Sean, because I think we talked about this. But I wanted to watch it on like a crisp fall day to to get like the the setting right to get like the you know because it's like a spooky movie and I, I wanted it, it to be like authentic to um, I guess the the time of the year. I didn't feel like it was right or appropriate to watch it on any other any other time of the year other than like early to mid fall. Do you do that with movies? No, I take that's it you don't. That's no, that's I okay. mean I guess 
I don't really. The I think that's weird. I think the only argument is holiday-based <laughs> movies, like a Christmas movie, should be watched around Christmas. Um, but but the concept of a scary movie in the fall is sort of not a thing. Sean, I'm gonna I'm gonna up that weirdness a lot right now because I I, I think some of our viewers might know what I'm talking about with with movies. Did you did you but, cover yourself in a flying ointment made from an unbaptized baby? Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't see what's so wrong with that. That's just like a thing that I, I've always done. But the uh, no, the the not just movies. I do this with music too. There are certain albums that I can't listen to at certain times of the year because I I I remember the first time hearing them, like listening to them all the way through, is in like a specific point of, of time in in a specific like part of the year. Like, for example, the Beatles' White Album, Sean, I can't listen to that album unless it's late winter, early spring. <sighs> Matt, Matt, a man I've known for over a decade. Is this something I should seek therapy for? I, I don't I, know. I, I'm just amazed that you continue to surprise me with things I don't know about you. Because this is, <laughs> this is such a – if you said, Sean, one of your friends or someone you generally know has this affliction, who is it? It's got to be Matt. Yeah, it's terrible. It's I, I, I genuinely cannot listen to certain albums, yeah, different parts of the year. And I have I have a whole list of them. And if they ever come on the – I mean if, they, if a song comes on the radio, that's one thing. But if I'm like in my car and I'm like I want to listen to a CD because I still listen to CDs, I won't apologize for that. Nor should you. But um, yeah, the, the, it's I, I can't listen to certain – yeah, certain albums. I have this Bare Naked Ladies album that I love. Can't listen to it unless it's like September or mm. October, like around now. Like next week, I won't be able to listen to it anymore. So I'm getting it in now. I've been listening to it on the way to work. Yeah, that's really, really bizarre. Although I will say that, you know, they say <laughs> scent is closest tied to memory. But for me, it's actually songs because I go through phases where for like a year or two, I'll be really into a certain genre and then I'll bounce out. And so when I go back and listen to them, I remember where I was when I aggressively listened to them. So it, it is for me tied to memory. Um, but not necessarily seasonal songs. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I just thought I would share so, that. So, so, so what? I don't know what that had to do with Witch, but. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, did you feel appropriate watching The Witch this week? Was it, was it? I finally did. It was, it was not as cold as I envisioned it. Um, and there were a lot more leaves on the trees, but it was at least fall. Close and enough. I, um, I then realized that it, yeah, it, it didn't really matter, and I probably could have watched this in like July, and I would have, I would have been okay. But, um, but yeah, I watched it last week, last weekend, um, on like a Saturday, and it was, it was a, a Saturday afternoon. It was a matinee for me. I watched mm-hmm. it on like, like one, in, one in the afternoon, two in the afternoon, something like that, which I don't usually do for spooky movies. I try to save those for night, like. Nighttime watching, best time for that kind of movie. But now I'm realizing that I've done that for both of my spooky movies uh, for um, Halloween, qu- Halloweening, quarantining, quarantining, Halloweening. I messed up my own name for it. Um, I watched Midsummer, I think, or mm. Midsummer on at, on like a um, an early afternoon too. So, um, what were your overall thoughts of the movie, the the witch? Um. I, so I took some notes as I always do, and I think, I I think the number one comment I wrote that sums up the whole movie for me is, this makes a better historical drama than a horror film. 
I didn't dislike it. I thought it was fine. I think it had... I thought the acting was really good. I thought the sort of settings, costumes, the, the whole historical accuracy was interesting. I thought the accents were insanely distracting, and I had to watch a whole movies with closed captioning because they were talking gibberish. Um, but I did not think it was scary. Um, I think, and we can get into this maybe a little bit later, I think there are alternate versions of this movie that are better if you made a few tweaks. Because like you said, it's not the most surprising ending uh, in the world. And I think it's it's more sort of eerie than it is scary. Um, I don't know, Matt. What did you think? Um, I mean, I, I think uh, just to go along with what you were saying, I'll agree. I think it did some things much better than it did other things. The movie was very consistent and extremely inconsistent both at the same time, if that makes any sense. Hmm. I think it was overall extremely consistent with um, – the, the way it was portrayed and with, with world building and the environment building, um, I think it was inconsistent on in a certain other – a couple of other areas, which we'll talk about. But overall, I really – I did like it. I, I liked that it was – I thought it was just the right length for what it was. Mm. I don't think it really could have um, been any longer. Then it, it pegged in at like just 90 minutes, which was was right right on the money for something like this. Yep. Um it didn't overstay its welcome. I thought it, it was uh, – the characters and the actors were great. I thought the acting was tremendous. I think in, in a kind of, the kind of movie like this that really makes or breaks the film, um, I think if you, have, if you have people who can't really act – it was a very small cast. Oh, incredibly. It was almost like a, like a play. Very small. Right? Uh, very small. Very few characters. And interesting, the casting took place in England. They wanted authentic accents to represent a family newly arrived in Plymouth. I, I thought you know, that dialogue is hard. I don't think I could act with that kind of dialogue. And I think, and I will, you know who I really give credit to? I don't know who you thought your, the, your like star actor of the show was. Caleb, which is the oldest son. Caleb. I thought he was really, really good because he had some tough dramatic scenes. He's lying in some scenes. He's kind of got to cover some scenes. He does the stuff where he's like praying to, I thought he was really good for a kid actor. Oh, I no, I agree that the um, exorcism scene or, or rather the, the scene where he's yeah he's possessed by the witch spoilers um, from this point on I guess um, the point where he's possessed by the witch and he's kind of writhing around and like that that would that really does take a lot of chops and for a kid yeah that was that was incredible I thought it was well acted all along the father I think he had the most lines of, of anyone I think so he he kind of besides maybe yep. the daughter I would agree um, uh, Thomason which by the way I'm I might be I don't know. I might be ashamed to admit this, but I when he kept referring to Thomason, I, I didn't know he was talking about his daughter until maybe a solid like twenty minutes into the into the movie. Yeah. A few scenes had gone by, and I did not know who Thomason was. I thought Thomason was one of the sons because I thought it was a man a male name. I had never heard Thomason. You know, it's not a name you really hear nowadays. Yeah, no, but. I was very thankful to have the closed captionings for that. Um, but it it is an English. Name. Yeah, see, the, the closed captions, I think, was a, a good option. And I thought about doing it, but um, I remembered what I, I watched the bonus scenes for the other horror film that I, I had watched recently, Midsummer. And Ari Aster says in the bonus films that there, and if you ever decide to watch Midsummer, the um, some of the scenes he films in Swedish 
without closed captioning intentionally. Exactly. Yeah. To try to make you more like feel like an outsider, because the whole thing is centering around this like cult in the in the woods, um, and you're made to feel like you you don't belong there, which kind of isolates you as a viewer. And I thought maybe the same thing would apply for for this movie. So I had them on for one scene. I think it was the scene when the parents agree to. Um, they're they're gonna they're gonna like sell Thomason to like another family or something. Yeah, that sort of dramatic uh, back and forth. Yeah, I had it on for that scene because they were talking very low intentionally, I guess, so that the kids wouldn't hear them, and they do anyway. Um, and I, I thought it was beneficial for that, but I didn't leave it on for the whole the whole uh, film. Yeah, I mean, I think if if it weren't for the old timey dialogue, I think it, it I wouldn't have had to have done it. But they were talking in a way where it was. Even reading, I struggled. It's not like I'm not a Shakespeare guy. I'm not a, any kind of like old English stuff. It just it took me like a good 30 minutes of the movie to really like figure out what, you know, as they reuse some terminology. I'm like, oh, OK, that's interesting. Did um, you read The Crucible in high school? I did. I did not care for it. OK, so then, yeah, that's this any has a that. lot of that. I think that. Or a Scarlet Letter, I think, has a lot of this I, kind of I, I think if they had, in language. I think if they had done this movie with all the authentic costumes and the farm and all this kind of stuff, but they talked in modern English, I think I would have enjoyed it like 30% more. Really? Now, See, they that shouldn't have, have done that. Enjoyment. Yeah, that's where we... Um, I think that's where no, we no, differ. No. That's the I, wrong decision. I'm saying I would have enjoyed it more, but they should not do uh -huh. that. I think I give them credit yeah. for doing it. It's not for me personally. That makes sense because I think if they if they had done it that way, it would have lost some of its like authenticity and like what makes it special or what sets it apart from other well, other movies. And in I genre. I would have waited for the M Night Shyamalan Village style twist where it's not actually olden times because then I would have been yeah. by the end of it, I would have been like, well, everything else is really accurate. Why are they talking like it's twenty twenty? That's weird. I had that thought briefly when they were in the woods. I was like, don't tell me they're gonna like wander out and there's gonna be a car with a like a like a. And then like Shyamalan in it, the car driving by, like no, you you just did the twist from the village, like, oh, uh, yeah, what a twist, yeah. Um, no, I I liked uh, the the period language we could talk about in the costumes. That was the number one thing I thought that the film did great. Um, the director of this movie, who also also directed the Lighthouse, a more more recent film that was a uh, 2019, um, whose name I I'm forgetting right now. Um, the director. Oh, of this uh, film? Robert yeah. Eggers. Yeah, Robert Eggers, yeah. Um, he he grew up in New England and he want he he had always kind of, you know, connected to the uh old the really I the really like ancient or or you know, old primeval um folk tales, basically. And and he really wanted to portray that and do it as much as much uh justice as he could, so he thought he they did an extensive amount of research. They went to museums in England, museums in the United States, and uh, they 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 hired historians. They hired like real people to recreate, kind of from the ground up, this whole scene, uh, especially in the beginning when well, they leave the the they're like kind of cast out of the community. Well, they even brought in a thatcher and a carpenter uh, to oh, build yeah. the house in accurate style. Yeah, basically every every stitch of the clothing and every every um, building, every, everything was 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 in period, and it was, and that that all also went down to the dialogue because he thought, you know, if if I'm going to spend all of this time and effort constructing this world that's supposed to be like 17th century Massachusetts, I'm not going to like just stop there and let people just talk like it's 20, you know, 2015. Yep. Um, 
I thought I thought the film was better for it. Um, definitely harder to understand, uh, and and some things may have been lost in translation. But I think the story overall, I, I think you got the gist of it. Well, and that's um, what that's what was interesting to me was, uh, and I no- noted this. Uh, the supernatural stuff doesn't really happen until like 30 minutes, a third of the way into the film. The first 30 minutes is like a good, and like, I literally was like, Oh, this is like a historical documentary. Like, Oh, this is really how they lived back then. Like that's, I felt more to me, like, is there any supernatural? Is it just like them, you know, life on the prairie kind of bullshit? Like, is that, is that what this movie is? Um, And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it, it, for a 90 minute movie to wait till minute 30 to really start being, uh, being spooky i don't know yeah something i valued about this this movie and um also i I don't mean to keep going back to midsummer and to ari aster but i think they both the reason i like both of their of their styles eggers and aster's styles uh is they don't rely on the jump scare at all like in matter of fact this movie subverts it in an early scene um when thomason is taking care of the baby samuel Right. And she's playing peekaboo with him. Right. Just like that. I, ju- I literally um, just did the eye cover thing and Matt, Matt giggles. So it works. I did. It's, it still works. It's still, it's hilarious. It's, it's, it never gets old. Um, so the, uh, yeah, the peekaboo scene where, where, you know, she's playing peekaboo with Samuel and then he, he, she's, she, she like opens her eyes and he's not there. Uh, yeah, it, it subverts the, the, the scare, the, uh, the jump scare, which I like. They did that a couple times in, in, um, I think in in Hereditary, if you remember, and and that's another movie where the spooky stuff really they kind of save for the third act, um, where just everything just goes off the rails and things just go bananas basically. Um, but yeah, until then, you could be forgiven for thinking you're watching like a really intricate and well done historical drama because uh, it's about them trying to survive. The family's trying to survive in like this wilderness and. They don't oh. have enough to eat and all that. And, and that circles back to my primary comment on the film, which is I needed it to be more scary or less scary. I wasn't thrilled with the amount of scary in it. Like, go like, so, and I will just give this away now. This is my plus up of the movie, okay? If I could change this movie and where I was hoping they were headed was that there is no supernatural element. It's all in their heads. To me, that is such a plus up where they all end up killing each other. And it turns out just a regular goddamn goat. (laughs) Like I, to me, that's such a better, more thoughtful, again, witch trials and all this sort of hysteria going on with a small family out in the middle of nowhere, all accusing each other of being witches. I think there's an interesting element there or lean really hard into the witch thing. And I want people freaking exploding in blood. And I want like, I want broomsticks. I mean, I want like witch me out to death. And I really felt that middle line they took was not enough where I was like, I'm not really scared, but I mean, it's interesting. Like I, I enjoy watching it, you know? I think that's kind of what I meant. Actually, you articulated it really well. When I said that the movie was inconsistent in some yeah. areas, I thought maybe that's it. Maybe the it needed more. It needed to lean more in one or the other direction. Instead, it it really did take this middle line when it came to the horror aspect of their of their movie. Like, really, who was horror? I, I think that. Well, I. I, I, you know, the people that, yeah, like you said, they, they do end up all killing each other. And, but then at the end, there also is a supernatural element. Like, you know, um, 
in the form of Black Phillip. Um, I I thought the twist was extremely well executed. I I don't know if it was like a a huge you know gangbuster reveal that yeah. But again, you it's know, are you and you're talking about Mercy and Jonas were the ones who were the witches. Is that the twist you're talking about? No, no, no. No, and I'm, I, I, it's that there is no witch. I mean, there are witches, but the witch isn't the one that's causing all the mayhem. Oh, it's the goat. It's actual, the actual devil who is in, in the body of a goat named Black Phillip on the, uh, on the farm. That, that it's, it's yeah. him who's like behind it all. I got to be honest. I'm not trying to be with those like, I saw it coming, guys. But like the Black Phillip and the fact that the kids sing those creepy nursery rhymes about the goat <laughs> and the goat tells them things and it's a black goat, a obvious sign of the devil um i wasn't completely shocked put it that way i was just surprised that i guess i was surprised that the witches were not the malevolent forces here right except for maybe with caleb i don't i he was lured in by what i thought was a witch but that's what was weird like that whole caleb thing doesn't it doesn't jive with the rest of the movie because the whole plot of this movie is like subtle this whole movie is subtle about everything and it's supposed to scare you not by jump scares, but by creepy lighting and cinematography and spookiness and what's going on. And then all of a sudden there's like a real witch who has, I assume, sex with the kid. I don't know. I'm not going there. But 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 whatever like whatever like crazy thing happened in the woods and you're like, either show the witches or don't. Again, it's that weird middle line where it's like, don't show me one. Either a coven of witches comes and like sacrifices him to the devil or we don't see them. Like I just it, it, it just felt odd to me i would have cut that from the film yeah that it was it was a little i think they were going for like a maybe like a like a kind of like a hansel and gretel type thing you know because the witch is like disguised to be like all pretty and that's the thing is and like lures him into the house and you know next time you see him he's like possessed but what's the witch's motivations Um, right i get i get what black phillips motivation is but I don't get where the witches, like, pick one or the other. Because, again, at the beginning, the witches make, uh, and I only learned this from the Wikipedia, a flying ointment uh, yes. from unbaptized Samuel. Uh, that's a phrase I'd never heard before. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that's a cool opening. And then they go, like, 45 minutes without showing a witch. Then there's the Caleb and the witch thing. And then they go, like, another 30 minutes until she joins the coven at the end. Well... I think that they they when they when they told the line, I don't think they were thinking. Let's try to split the difference between really scary and um, and and uh, like it's all in our heads, kind of Stephen King. Like we're the real monsters inside. I think instead they were trying to toe the line, like between modern horror film and a uh, folk story. I think they added a lot of folk elements, like with the witch's ointment being made out of the the blood of unbaptized children. That was like a it's like something you'd hear in like the Middle Ages. No, it's like good. Age, it like it was a good. It was a good creepy scene. Her rubbing the 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 mashed up baby all over herself. I thought that was really good. I just I'm thinking of a version of this movie where we never see the witches at the beginning, middle, or end, and it's the whole movie of you're like, well, is Tom Thomason a witch is one of the other family members a witch are there no witches is it and then all of a sudden it's like oh it was the goat the whole time and then she walks off with the goat at the end Black Phillip after signing the book and that's the end of the movie like I think to me that's just a little more compelling 
So the 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 trailer. This is the, the another instance where the trailer kind of led me astray. I watched the trailer, um, and the trailer. The witch is in the trailer at the like toward the end of the trailer. So I I I was led to believe that one of two things was was going to happen. That one, the witch was going to be with them the whole time. Which was because they because they showed her so early in the movie. I thought that was the case. I was like, oh, they revealed the witch already when she sacrifices the baby. Like maybe th- this this whole movie is going to be about them fighting the witch, or the witch is going to like live among them, or like keep appearing and doing stuff and then disappearing. Um, so I I was led to believe like maybe that was like, and then like option B, I. Th- Maybe the um, maybe the witch is like actually helpful, like an ally of theirs, or at least and like lure her in or something. something. I I knew there was going to be some kind of yeah, some kind of like a like a like a twist to it. I didn't see it coming that the witches were were just kind of there, and that you know Black Philip, aka the devil, was behind it all, like orchestrating the whole thing. Um, what was the deal with that book? Did you really I, – I didn't really get – is that the book where you put your name to, like, sell your soul? Was that yes, what that was? Yes, the proverbial deal with the devil. Yes. So, yeah, that's another another element of, of folk's lore. I think it comes from Faust. Is that the name of the – Yes, a Faustian Faust. bargain is the – Yeah. But that's also another not because I, I don't want to keep sounding like I don't like the movie because I did like the movie, but I keep thinking about the supernatural elements that didn't work for me, and I kind of wish it had been more of a like North American, Native American, tribal type supernatural horror. I think would have been more interesting because of that time period and where they were. The fact it was a generic devil, kind of like didn't. I don't know. It didn't have the... Again, my favorite parts of the movie was when the family was just the family and there was crazy shit going on with the family. Like, that was the part I liked. The part with the devil and the witches and all this other nonsense was not for me. I, I would have... If you gave me the opportunity, I'd recut this to a 60-minute movie and just get rid of all the supernatural stuff and just make it a family drama. But I get that's not the point. I, I like the, your your idea with the Native American like spirits, but I think that would be a whole different movie. I would I would see that movie. Well, I would absolutely watch that movie, but I think it might be a different movie. Well, it's not a, it's not like a Catholic religion England, you know. And I give them credit because they make a lot of good references to remember when we came over from England and the things they missed, and really playing up that they're new settlers. They brought their religion with them, so that logically makes sense. Yeah, they um. They also talk about in the beginning being banished right from the Puritan community it, that they because uh, I think the father is prideful or something like that. He said because he he repeats that in the last scene, like all this happened because of his pride or yep. something like that. Um, and it's it's very it, it parallels like this. I didn't come up with this, by the way. I I read some stuff online, but um, so don't be too impressed. But it parallels <laughs> the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve being cast out into like the wilderness. Sure. That's what that was supposed to be. And, and like He's the devil got the apple in his mouth and stuff. Yeah. The apple, the boy spit the apple out of his mouth. So you see a lot of like some of the, the, the symbolism there that's being used. 
um, is is very very closely tied to religion and religious images. Um, another one is that he gets buried physically buried by the the wood that he's been chopping, um, and that's supposed to be another symbol of like his you know pride or his. Uh, he, he's he, he. I think he chops it as like a form of like masculinity or like hyper masculinity to like prove that he's a good provider, even though he is actually a terrible provider in reality because he can't catch anything when he tries to go hunting. That he can't even shoot like a rabbit. That he gets like hit in the face with his own bullet. Yep. Um. He can't. He can't grow anything on the farm. All the crops die. And whether or not that's because of the witch, I think is kind of up to interpretation. Um. But he he literally, you know, to make up for that, he chops like a shit ton of wood, basically. And he ends up getting physically buried by all of the wood in the end after he gets gored by Black Phillip. Which was very um, at cool. At the end of the movie. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like a, it was like a neat little, um, you kind of hoisted by your own petard moment. Um, you had also the, um, the, the, the boy, Caleb, right, he's tempted. And he so he falls victim of the sin of lust. Mm-hmm. So that's like another, I guess, another tie callback to the Christianity, the themes in the movie that uh, influence it. And and it, it is it's really to me it, it it struck out it struck me as like a, a like a passion play or like a like a middle ages like a play they would have done in the middle ages like come to life basically because it had all these lessons that they would have they would have like tried to teach the peasants on the English countryside through through this movie the the mother I just thought of this one um she dies of of wrath basically the sin yep. of wrath because she gets you know super mad and she goes after uh Thomason and Thomason kills her in self-defense with the the um hatchet so yeah they all they all kind of it's like like the movie seven where they all die of like these you yeah, know I guess you could argue Caleb sins. died of lust maybe lust right hmm because he he gets you know he, he falls into the the trap with the, when the witch is all young and and voluptuous. Yep. Yeah. No. Hey, look. I thought the religious stuff um, was was deep enough that it had meaning. You know, it's not just that the characters were religious, but it, it was a, a different, again, more historically accurate perspective on it that I think uh, worked really well. That that. Um, that, that came off nicely, as you described. I did write, I think my favorite note I wrote, I, I didn't write many notes, I just kind of watched it, but one of my favorite notes I wrote is, um, is it weird that this movie feels like one long video game cutscene? And I'm specifically referencing uh, when uh, Caleb and his father are in the woods and they're walking to the trap. And literally, between the old-timey, clearly enunciated dialogue and just two characters walking in a generic woods, I was waiting for the scene to end and for me to pick up the controller and start controlling them. Like, lit- <laughs> like no joke. I'm like... Because a lot of it was like ADR'd over. You didn't see them talking. It was just the talking over shots. And I'm like, this could definitely be a cutscene in, like, a video game version of The Witch. Assassin's Creed... Uh, what's that one? So it was Assassin's Creed 3, I think, was in the... In the uh the colonies like colonial times. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I can see that. I, I thought that the, the whole thing with Thomason was done really well where, where it was, you know, her words are used against her later on, you know, cause she's, uh. she's, she's with her brother, Caleb and by the water. And he, and then, then the, the little girl whose name I don't remember, was it Mer- mercy, mercy or something? Mercy. Mercy. Yeah. Um, she, 
shows up and like jokes about being the Wicked Witch of the Wood or something. And then Thomason gets super mad and says that she's the Wicked Witch of the Wood. Which is like, I was just thinking in that moment, like, no, stop, stop. Just don't, yeah. well, don't you even see like, where that was going. They're absolutely going to use this against you later on. Like, you're going to get, I thought they were going to end up trying to like light Thomason on fire on like a, on like a, like a burner at the stake. That was, that but was where I thought the movie was going. But that's, but that's what I really liked about the father character, William, because he always believed in his daughter. And I think that's part of why he says it was pride that did me and it was pride in my kids um, and believing in them. Uh, and I think it would have been e the easier choice would have been right. The family tries to burn her at the stake or something. But the fact that he stands up for her, I, I really did enjoy that element of it. That was surprising. Maybe, maybe if anything, that was the twist because they don't end up burning her at the stake and instead, uh, they all they all end up dying, and she floats, floats away in the woods. Horrific, yeah, horrific manner. And then she she decides to live deliciously. <laughs> trademark. We got trademark that like, hashtag live deliciously. Yeah, at an ad campaign. But I would also say Thomason was maybe potentially my least favorite character in the film. Well. Why is that? Because she spends maybe... most of the movie reacting to stuff. I think if I yeah. put like my most interesting character in The Witch, William, is probably the father, is probably my most interesting, like compelling character checkmark. She was fine. The actress was good. It's just that the character mostly takes stuff and doesn't give much. You know what I mean? She felt a little passive yeah, I, to me. I guess I can see that. She she was she was very reactive in the in the the way they wrote her was very reactionary like uh, just things just keep happening to her and and she has to like deal with them basically I could see that um, but how much agency can you give a teenage girl during the you know 17th century New England like she doesn't really she's you know part of her family I mean they, there was a whole scene where they were going to literally sell her to another family because. Um, she, you know, she, they thought she sold the cup, the silver well, cup. But I, but I think I, you know, I read articles too about the movie and, and some made the argument that it's about her as the main female character yearning for independence and sexuality and power. And I didn't really, I don't see any of that. I didn't get that. And that maybe that would have no, been I, interesting I because it's not like you go the whole movie and she signs a deal with the devil. Then it's like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Cause she spent the whole movie bucking religion or she spent it being, being aggressive or any of these sorts of things where she really stood out. And it seemed like the whole movie, she didn't want to be the witch. Like the whole movie. She's like, I just want to go back to things no, being normal. It was, it was very much circumstances that made her become the witch. Like it was the, it was the world around her, you know, keep knocking her down over and over again to the point where she inadvertently murders her whole family. And it's that moment when she's lost everything that she surrenders and well, succumbs to the devil's power. But even at but the, up until that point, you're right. She's not like she's rebelling against religion or anything like, like she's, she's willfully praying every day. Like she's, um, if she's, you know, she went to the point where she's confronted and they say, are you a witch? She's like, no, adamantly denies it. Um, well, you're even, right. she, even she at really the end, right. When, when black Philip is asking her to sign the book, um, she says, I don't want to sign the book. And he goes here, let me help you guide your hand. I mean, she, I get. I don't think they're trying to make us feel like she's unwilling, but I felt like she was unwilling. You know, I don't think the movie wants us to feel that way, but that's how I came off. Where it's like, I guess now that she is a witch, it's cool, and she's floating, and she seems all happy about it. But at no point in the movie 
was I like, oh yeah, slam dunk, be a witch. That's awesome. Fuck your family. Like I did not, that, that didn't come across to me. No, the, the, I'm really glad they did that last touch in the last scene, the, um, scene where she, she has the book where she's with black Philip with the AKA the devil and the book is out in front of her. And, and she says, I don't know how to write, or I don't know how to, I don't know how to sign. I thought that would have been so such a gut punch if she had then just like signed her name. So then half the audience could be like, wait a minute. Well, how do you know how to do that? Like, (laughs) Of course, you don't know how to read or write. But also, you know, make the argument that, well, now that her whole family is dead, she has nowhere else to go but join with the devil. Okay, that makes sense to me, right? That's the turning point where it's like she killed her mother. She at least maybe feels like she caused some of this. Like, uh, she has nowhere else to go. She's all alone out in the middle of nowhere. So you roll the dice with the devil. I get that. That makes sense to me. If they went, they didn't go there, but, you know. I I definitely don't see the empowerment aspect in this movie. And that's not to say that, you know, it's not a knock against the movie. No. I just don't think that's what it was going for. I don't think that was its, its angle, its approach. I think that would have taken a lot more storytelling and a lot more time. And it would have made this movie too long, honestly. You could have added some scenes where Thomason, you know, goes against the grain a little bit, where she's, you know, presented as like a rebellious feminine character. Number one, it would have made the movie too long. And also, number two, there weren't enough characters for her to, to, to interact with. Right. Like, it was really just her family. You know, unless she meets like some kind of random guy in the woods or something and keeps going off and then it turns out he's the devil. But I think that would have been way too predictable. I, I, I like the approach they took instead where it was really more about William. It was more about the father, William, him trying to raise this family out in this this cruel wilderness. Uh, he's trying to turn Caleb into the next patriarch of the family for when he's gone. He's trying to uh, protect his daughter from things out there in the woods. He physically protects his other two children, the twins uh, from the uh, Jonas and Mercy from, from the, the black Philip when he escapes the, the goat when he's running around and they're egging him on and singing those creepy nursery rhymes about Ooh, him. So creepy. Um, so yeah, he, he physically and, you know, uh, metaphysically, I guess, protects his kids as much as he can. But he, at the end of the day, he can only really do so much. It was. I think the story was really more about that um, than about Thomason. You're right. Thomason was much more reactive to stuff. Like, well, things just kind of happened to uh, her. You know, Robert Eggers didn't just direct it. He also wrote it. And I feel like it's a very well-directed and produced film that's written just okay, is how I would describe it. Like, I think, I think it's really wonderfully shot. I think it's a great movie to look at. Um, I think, again, the acting was very strong. It's just the, there's some story elements I would improve. But again, I, I liked it. I didn't dislike it. I, I Again, 90 minutes, perfect amount of time. At the end of nine minutes, I was like, that was a fine movie. I didn't mind watching it, you know? Um, so, I, you know, if it sounds like I'm complaining too much, I just, that's why I do in movies. I just think of ways I think they could be better. But it's not a bad movie by by any stretch. I think if if the goal was to make a sort of spooky supernatural 17th century New England movie, I would say check you accomplished that. This this movie did it. Yeah, and see that those are the things I think they they set out to accomplish. Not like let's make a story about feminism. I I I think maybe there are elements of feminism in there for sure. I mean, especially at the end when 
she joins the coven of witches, you could see some kind of like solidarity in that. Um, it seems like, I mean, you could even read it as far into it as saying like the coven of witches seems to be thriving, whereas this patriarchal family led by a man failed spectacularly. So you could read that, even that element into it. But I, I don't think that was the purpose of the film. I don't think that was like what Eggers set out to, to write. So I disagree with those those people on the forum and they can all come fight me. Is basically what I'm saying. Don't laugh. So. We got a. I didn't share this with you, but we got a YouTube <laughs> comment the other day from somebody in our with our discussion of Hereditary. I don't know how they found the video, but they watched wow. it. Wow. And they basically, because I believe at some point in that we say like, oh, the, you had no clue all this crazy stuff was like she was going to die in the middle of the film and all stuff. And then the person like laid out all the clues, which I think you and I both know were in the movie. No, there. Yeah. There were but, clues in the movie. I, I on a first watch through, there's no way you could. I don't think right. unless you had help, there's no way you could know all of them. And, and, yeah. that, and that's what and that's what we said. I think me especially because it was the first time I had seen it. Um, and they're like here, are the, and they literally list out like two paragraphs of all the clues in the movie. And this, and what about this, and what about this? How'd you miss this? What is? And I'm like, get a life. Well, look, like I, I, I first of all, thank you for listening to our show. We yeah. appreciate every viewer. No, no viewer is is uh is too stupid too for us. <laughs> I I appreciate that. Um, but no, like, like I I don't think I think that person forgets the first time they saw the movie, and I think it's it's that for every movie. Like you, you I, I look back now on people who maybe see Hereditary for the first time, and I think like, how could you possibly have missed that? How did you not like see that coming? But when you're in the seat watching it for the first time, unless you had some kind of help watching it or, or like you read something online. I don't see how you knew like all that stuff was going to happen. Also, but the fun, it's not fun if you discover all the clues when watching it's, it. That's like, exactly. exactly. They, if they were, they're clues for a reason. If they were obvious, they'd want you to see them. Right. I, I, I'm, and I'm fully willing to admit that. That's the thing is like, I, I went into the witch and I had no idea how it was going to end. I wrote like three or four endings in my head and none of them were the ones that, that came true. And I like movies that do that. That gener genuinely, those are the movies I think I, I connect with the most are the ones that can have the power to subvert all of my expectations and, and just, you know, go a completely different route. Um, and, and I think this movie did that successfully. I mean, I, I had visions of um, I, at the I didn't know I, I didn't I didn't think it was going to end for in roses for any of them. It's a horror movie, but I didn't see the twist with Black Philip coming. I didn't see the fact that you barely really even see the witch in the movie until yep. like really the end when when there's a, a whole group of them together uh chanting by the fire um i i overall i i i think i really enjoyed it and i think it was mostly the uh it was the the atmosphere the setting that did it rather than the horror part well matt on a scale of one to ten jack-o-lanterns how do you rate the witch I'm going to give it a solid eight jack-o'-lanterns. Not bad. I, I, I really liked it. Um, like, like I said, it didn't, didn't exactly stick the, the landing, the 10 out of 10 because, um, the, the inconsistencies that we mentioned before were, were a lot. And, and really the, the thing I had the most difficulty with was the splitting the difference between super, you know, uh, just, just crazy, scary, and uh, historical period piece scary. Uh, there was they they kind of drove a, a middle line there, but it takes so much effort I think to to write a script like that and to to do all the research required. It, there had to be a lot of passion 
involved in this. But again, I, I, it's so funny. It's like a puzzle where you like every piece. You just don't look. You just don't like how it looks at the end. But that's okay because you still liked all the pieces. Like I can't think of a scene I disliked or a character I really disliked. I don't know. It's just something about the final product is good, not great. I would give it a six and a half. Very well produced, very well shot, very good looking film. Um, it just wasn't scary enough for me. So I, I would say if we were rating it on a different, if we were rating it on say, um, one out of ten bad crop yields. As a historical piece, I would rate it like an eight or a nine. Uh, as a jack-o'-lantern scary movie, not as much. Uh, now, Matt, we are going to do, because I have to. I have to do it to you, and I'm so sorry. But we're going to play the box office game. Uh, I have here in front of me uh, the top films for 2016, the year The Witch went wide. Uh, the Witch made $25 million in 2016 at the box office. It was ranked 101 that year um, in terms of the money made. Matt, I'm going to make this both easy for you and put some stakes on the line, okay? There are 100 movies that made more money than The Witch in 2016. You, it, it, For every one you get right, I will donate $5 to a charity of your choice up to five correct. I don't have that much money. So there are stakes the for you to get these right. But you have 100 films in 2016, released that made more money than The Witch did, more than $25 million. So, Matt, let's play the box office game. Uh, somehow, I knew that this was uh, this was going to be your angle here, but it's okay because right now, I think I just heard all of our listeners turn off their devices and, and go on to the they next podcast. They love this segment. They love this oh, segment. Man. So, the movie, it's 2015 movies. No, 2016, because that's the year it was widely oh, that's right. released. I keep, I keep thinking this came out in 2015, but it came out in, in 2016. Yes. So, 2016. Yep. I would say a and I just fine year for movies. movies. Just movies that were, were more successful or more made more money? Made more money in 2016. There were 100 movies that made more than The Witch. Oh, man. What was the – I think I'll just start with the – I'm just going to like think of the Oscar movies, like what won the, the Oscars that year. Well, I can tell you. I mean tell I'll me just – I'll save you the hassle because Spotlight, which I believe won the Oscar that year. You, you might be – yeah, that sounds right. Uh, actually made less money than The Witch. Oh, wow. Concussion, okay, now, which was also so Oscar nominated, made less. Going in completely blind here. Moonlight? Oh, oh, maybe that was your Moonlight one. That made less. Those were in the same year? Yeah, so I, I was actually thinking La La Land, because I think I thought La La Land won the won the Academy Award that year. Uh no, not that year. Uh, what year did it Well the the Oscar calendar is kind of funky because of um of when they counted. No, La La Land came out in 2016. How much movie did that? How much money did that make? Let me see if I can find. It. I got a list of 100 movies. I got to quickly look through here. Um, La La Land, 87, 30 million. That's one. There's your first five bucks. Good guess. Sweet. Okay. Uh. All right. So this was only somehow. This was only four years ago. I I can't believe that. 
This was only four years ago. I know. And when you guess some of these uh, top grossing movies, you're going to say that feels like a lot longer than four years ago. Really? Yep. Really? So I remember the last movie I think I saw in theaters before I moved that 2016 was the year I moved down to Virginia. So I think the last movie I remember seeing before going down there was Arrival. Did, was that 2016? Arrival, that the 29th highest grossing, Whoa. made $100 million, released on November 11th. Very good, Matt. There's $10 for charity. Here, you're, you're doing good, but still some pressure. Indeed. 2015, 2016, 2016 movies that came out that year was that a big oh i, I probably i'm probably like a year off on this one but is that when the jungle book came out number five that year oh my god 364 wow. million before. propelled me to a no win way. in the movie league that year april 15th there's 15 dollars for charity you just gave me a good tip i, I, I need to try to remember movies that were in the movie league yep I think you played second that year with a movie that made more than The Jungle Book. Any big uh, Marvel movies that came out that year? Well, it's, you know, it's franchises, it's animation, it's the same. Any Anything after, like, 2013, it's all the same movies over right. and over. Right, sequels and things like that. I'm trying to think what was the big, uh, what was the big Marvel movie from... Hmm. 2016 was there a marvel movie was that yes there were there were a couple marvel movies okay but that that was um was that winter soldier captain nope. america nope that was too that's too late for that uh was it it, it wasn't infinity war that was nope. 2018 i think was it um Oh, uh, what's that one? Guardians of the Galaxy? No, remind me next time to put a shot clock on this game. Yeah, yeah, you should. You should. 2016, give me a hint for one of them. No, it's my money. No, no, you're not getting any hints. What are you talking about? Again, it's like I said, it's not just Marvel franchises. There are other large franchises, some superheroes, some not. There's uh, major animation films. Coco. No. Uh, Anything from Pixar this year? I'm not giving you clues. But, I'm, but what I am going to do is I'm going to put a, a two-minute shot clock on here okay. to get two more movies. You already got 15 bucks. All right. We're going to keep adding it on. Yep. Keep keep guessing. I mean, there's movies. no punishment for being wrong. That's true. You, you should have thought of that. Yeah. I really blew it. Um... Again, major franchises still making movies about them. Still making and animation, movies. some of the highest grossing. 
I, I, yeah, I don't do well with, uh, I don't think I do well with animation. This wasn't, was this Hacksaw Ridge? Was that the, was that this <laughs> Why, year? How are you coming up with these movies? Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge, Ridge, 46, $67 million. Ooh. There's another five, Matt. I, I'm just thinking back to the um, the movie league, basically. But that's, this is it, Matt. You got, you got, you're running out of time. I need one more <laughs> guess from you. You keep, you kept plugging the animations, like. One, two, I mean, three, four, five in the top 11 are all animation. My knowledge of, of I think, of animated you, movies. You bought one in the movie league that stitch. year. You bought one in the movie league that year, and I think it was like the surprise breakout of that movie league. That's what I, I thought it was Coco. It was in Coco? No, nope. nope. Coco was later, I think. Um, Coco was 2017. Okay. So, oh, was it uh, Inside Out? Uh, was that that year? No. No. Not Inside Out. There may have been a Pixar movie, but it wasn't that one. Matt, one more guess. Because if people haven't tuned out already, they will. So... <laughs> I I don't know. I, I, the, I think, my, I think the, the, the juice has kind of run dry. All I think right. it's finally... Finally dry. It's up. over. I, I'll, I'll, you ended with 20. I'll give it over. That's a solid guess, Matt. You missed such films as... So you guessed the most obscure, crazy things. You missed Rogue One, Finding Dory, oh, Captain America Civil War. Oh, that was the one I was thinking of when your, I said Winter Soldier. Your movie league movie, The Secret Life of Pets, which you did extremely well on. Uh, Deadpool, Zootopia, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, Sing, Moana, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Doctor Strange, Hidden Figures, Jason Bourne, Star Trek Beyond, X-Men Apocalypse, wow. Trolls, Kung Fu Panda 3, the Ghostbusters remake, Sully. I saw a lot of those movies. The list goes on and on. That was Miss Peregrine's Home for Particular Children. Tyler no, Perry's never. Boo, A Medea Halloween. Um, hey, we could watch that for our uh, or not our uh, watch along movie or not. Uh, Matt, you have a charity in mind for your twenty? I'm really going to donate twenty dollars to a charity of your choice. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not just saying that; it would be very bad of me to say that and not do it. Um, I, I don't. I did not have one in mind. I think that it would be good to uh, donate it. Maybe I don't know. I I just did a I just did a charity walk for Alzheimer's research. So that might be a good. Which I, I don't really know what the which by the way name of the charity would be. In, in the so, did, cool. so did you raise money yourself? I I did I did I raised well, um you it was actually through my sister in law. Call me. She was the one that was collecting the money. Call me. I would have donated, but I will donate now, Matt. Twenty dollars going to Alzheimer's research, uh, on behalf of your great success in the box office game. That is very generous indeed. I think I think that'll probably cure one Alzheimer. So. Um, yeah, maybe. Very good. That would uh, be cool. Matt, wonderful. Our review of The Vich. Uh, next week, Matt, Child's Play. Are you excited? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, it's my plan for this weekend. Spooky movie for this weekend. Where can we, where can we find that? Uh, that's a good question. The 1998 film Child's Play is available. Let me do a quick Googler here. Um, I'm sure it's for rent on Amazon. It usually is. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like it's free anywhere, so you're going to have to rent it. 
It's okay. Sorry, my friend. Uh, but the rise of uh, Chucky, a massive success leading to a huge franchise. Uh, I'm very excited. Should be fun yeah. as our quarantining, streaming, Halloweening, whatever continues uh, here on the show. But uh, before we wrap here, wrap up here, I do want to mention uh, I don't plug "Don't Panic" enough on the show. I did at the beginning by mistake, uh, but really great things happening over there. We just had a big discussion about uh, all the new iPhones that came out. Um, and the new HomePod, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and we're continuing to cover the tech news as we get close to the shopping season. Holidays are coming. You're going to know what fun tech devices to buy. you got to check it out over at don'tpanic.io or wherever you get podcasts. Um, I'm downloading it right now. I'm going to listen to it on the way to work. Hey, it's, you know, we're Tomorrow. sort of entertaining-ish. Um, <laughs> we mostly just talk about, if you like, I would say if you like this show, it's very similar. So that's, that's, a, that's my best advice. If you don't like this show, you will not like that I think one. it's... I, 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 I've, I've said for years now that I'm, I'm going to uh, listen to your to, to don't panic and this thing, this sounds like a, like a good episode for me. I, I want to know all the I want to keep up to date with all the tech uh, goings on. Oh there you are. You're not the Don't Panic Geocast, right? No, and we're not Don't Panic It's Organic, the Organic Foods oh, podcast yeah. as well. That, yep. Um, who actually were around before we started. They've been around for a long time. Uh, so check that out there. Be, be like Matt and take a listen. But also you should listen to this show, of course, uh, at upfordebate.tv or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, we're on all the major platforms and the videos on YouTube as well. Uh, watch me try and stay awake as we do this. Uh, you can also uh, follow us at TV on Twitter. Email us upfordebatetv at gmail.com. Let us know your favorite spooky movie. Maybe we'll watch it. Um, but until then, on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks, folks, for joining us on this super scary episode. We'll see you next time for another up for debate. What's my saying? What's my saying? What's my saying? Tell me I gotta know. What's my? What's my? What's my? What's my saying? What's my? What's my? What's my? What's my This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.